Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use a... Women's Empowerment personal development, small business marketing, relationships. Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months. Helped thousands of women shed weight and inches while becoming more confident and a six times gold medalist in the Transplant Games of America. Get ready for Shut Up and Grind. Here's your host, Robert B. Foster. Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. Where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. Right. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are with episode number 72 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So I'm wearing sleeves today. Figured I'd throw you guys a little curveball. And, um, you know, we got to talk about the grind gear, talking about, about shirts. You know, we got sweatshirts. I, I got to switch up the offerings up here and get more of the, the ladies' offerings. But sweatshirts, long sleeves, we got tanks. We probably have about 30 different styles, including face masks as well. So if you want to rock the grind gear, go to shutupandgrindgear.com. That's shutupandgrindgear.com. For tomorrow, I had to cancel tomorrow's show because we had a death in the family. So I got to head down to New York for a funeral. So tomorrow's show is going to be rescheduled. And then I'll be back on Friday also at 12 to accommodate for time zone changes. All right. So far as today goes, let me talking about, you guys know the premise of the show is overcoming obstacles. And I highlight people's journeys because it's very easy to look at where someone is and then formulate your own opinion about how they got there. Where everyone that's accomplished anything has a story. Even someone sleeping on the sidewalk in the hood, they have a story too. But anyway, we want to focus on people's successes and the steps that they took to get there because everybody has wants and hopes and dreams and wishes, but then we get consumed by whether it's excuses, whether it's our environment, whether it's our circle of friends, whether it's by our family, it could be from other mentors, it could be parents, like there's so many different factors of why people hold back. And I bring on guests from all walks of life, all races, all genders, all demographics, and we all have a common theme that we want more. And so today we're going to talk about that and also empowering the next generation. Because even if you're struggling in your life, 
the next generation can break the cycle, right? So what we don't want to do is we don't want to repeat the same cycle. Then now you're going to be stuck in this generational trap that's going to be very difficult for your kids and your grandkids to get out of. So helping me have this conversation today is Chaz Jackson joining us from Fort Worth, Texas. Chaz, welcome to the hey, show. Yo, yo, we are live, my guy. Rob, thank you so much for having me on your show. My pleasure. Thanks for taking the time out of your day and joining us. Yes, so, sir. So I asked everyone this one question, and I messed up before we went live, and I didn't cue you in on it first because, uh -oh, uh -oh. because some people struggle with this one. But just in like 60 seconds or less, just who is Chaz? Who is Chaz? Wow. So I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a teacher. I'm a motivator. Uh, I really love and I'm passionate about physical therapy as well, you know, as helping, you know, undeveloped leaders who seek coaching and training to gain clarity, to gain accountability, and just in general, gain purpose in life. I deliver that through speaking engagements and coaching and training sessions. Love it. Great answer. You seem like, like you were caught off guard and then nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey I, love, I love what Coach John Wooden says, man. Uh, one of the winners basketball coaches college. When I heard heard his quote, man, it changed, it changed my life. He says, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. So, you know, uh, as, I, as I strive to be my greatest version of myself, I, I tend to prepare for things like this. So, <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, being a speaker helps, too. Cause, yeah, you know, yeah, most you know, yeah, you know, I speak as well. And you know, people always ask, you know, what's one topic you could speak on without any preparation? And my response is always pick the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Just pick the topic and let's go. It's like always ready. <laughs> All right. So I saw on your website that you had kind of a challenging upbringing. Like, bring me through that. Yes, sir. And even before I even jump into that, Rob, my condolences go out to your family as well. I know you mentioned that you, you know, after the travel. So uh, I recently lost an aunt, man. So I had a funeral last Friday, actually, man. So uh, I just wanted to start off on this to share that as well. Condolences on that end. Yeah, thanks. But, same, same to you as well. I was. Um, so grew up in North Carolina, small town friendly, far city, North Carolina. Whole 180 different here in Fort Worth, so much bigger here in Texas. Honestly, you know, back in Far City, you know, you have to drive like an hour to get to an outlet mall, whereas here in Texas, you know, it's like 15, 20 minutes away in any direction. Mm -hmm. So uh, just kind of giving you a painted picture of a painting a picture of small town uh, back in North Carolina where I grew up, you know. Like everyone, we all have our stories, trials and tribulations, uh, grow up in a low income environment, you know, where it was normal for Chaz to, to see drug addicts. It was normal for Chaz to see alcoholics. And and, and I'm kind of painting a picture of this, you know, in, environment where it wasn't truly, you know, influencing and encouraging on a consistent basis, you know, just a positive outlook on life, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, but good things came out of that. Out of small town friendly, being able to uh, be an athlete, and you know, growing in that that realm as well, all the way up to my adulthood, and and to kind of get me on the path for where I am today. You know, it actually started in 2012. Uh, actually, you know, I remember waking into a car horn, a rug. Uh, I was behind the wheel of my girlfriend's car. And I remember waking up inches away from a head-on collision. Wow. 
wow. by the grace of you know god turned that wheel to the right uh, missed that car i crashed into a wooden gate and i marked that like as a transition phase uh even kind of fast forward into that 2012 moment right now i remember being arrested taken to jail and being in that jail cell that wasn't the first time i was in that jail cell and a lot of that was due to obviously poor decision making, but it was influenced by alcohol. And then in that moment, 2012, even kind of dating back to growing up in Carolina from childhood, teenage, building up to that adult moment uh, in that jail cell, man, there was just a lot of things that was going on uh, as far as problems that I truly did not find a solution for thinking back to my childhood my teenage years, all the way up to my adulthood. And then our, our latest book, uh, I was blessed with the, the opportunity to be uh, with some amazing individuals. I came together with 16 other brothers. Uh, the, the Impact of Influence, uh, led by Chip Baker. That book is, is live right now, um, as of this past Saturday. And uh, yeah, so, or Saturday before, sorry, not this past Saturday, but uh, two Saturdays before we, we actually launched that book. But in that book, I bring that up because, you know, I I began to go on this journey of interrogating my emotional baggage, if that makes sense. So when I mean interrogating, examining, why was I putting myself in this position to make these poor decisions? And when I began to open that bag, and I truly didn't open that bag until or take the journey to open that bag until about a week and a half after that car accident. I remember, you know, being outside of my lawyer's office, just got through, you know, talking with him. And I knew some some barriers were going to be put in front of me even more for my poor decision making. And I stepped out to go use the bathroom and, and my uh, girlfriend at the time, you know, she stayed behind was talking with him and as we was approaching get ready to get into the vehicle i mean she she kind of had this perplexed look on her face robin she was just kind of like yo you you won't believe what your lawyer just told me and i and i was like what and she was like he told me that i should leave you and i was like wow and uh, i was like why he was like because he was like because of you know the the record that that is showing for me you know, he hasn't seen anyone turn back from that. You know, I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, uh, drinking and making bad decisions. And I'm just going to drag her down into the ditch with me. Pretty much what he said to her. Okay. And at this time, when she shared that with me, I had lost my license. I lost my car. Uh, I lost my job due to drinking. I uh, was on eggshells with, with that relationship with my longtime girlfriend. And to be honest, man, there was, there was so much low self-esteem built at that point. Uh, I didn't truly authentically love Chaz Jackson at that moment, at that at that particular uh, time. So I say that to say this. I was kind of in this broken state, man, when I was hearing this. And I pretty much I asked her, my, my, my wife. Now she's my wife. But at the time, she's my girlfriend. I asked Amy. I said, why don't you leave me? And she says some words. I mentioned that car accident was kind of like a a transition phase for me, but this was an even bigger transition because what she did, I like to call inside of each and every one of us is this seed 
of greatness. And she watered that seed at that time. Now that I look back on it with the mindset that I have now, and this is what she said to me, Rob, and it changed uh, my whole perspective and, and helped me take those steps towards overcoming some of those traumas and dramas. Again, what I call emotional baggage that I was holding on to that was causing me to make some poor decisions. She said, Chaz, I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And I was like, and that's kind of, again, how she watered that seed, me looking at the perspective now talking with you in 2021, looking back. And I was just like, man, what does she see? And obviously with any change, it starts with you first, right? So I had to be intentional about you know, making those decisions to, to change that's that's really discover again what I said, interrogate that emotional baggage. But one of the biggest things that I I done was open that bag and share it with other people. Because again, you know, we all have our stories, we all have our trials and tribulations that we overcome. I've met people that's went through so much more than me in life as far as barriers that they overcome. And again, we all come from different walks of life. But but for me, going back to when I was growing up, it was always taught to me that a man should never share his emotions, if that makes sense. And I'm sure someone's listening to me right now. You can kind of relate to that. You know, that's a sign of weakness that was taught to me at one point in my life. And again, I just stuffed that bag with everything that was going on. And uh, yeah, we and then my book, Live, Learn, Lead Powerfully, I kind of go in a little bit more detail about my my childhood. That's a, a teen leadership guide. Um, that I was blessed to, to kind of publish to talk a little bit more in detail about some of the traumas and dramas that was was going on that was causing me to, you know, not truly function in, in the greatness uh, that I'm capable of uh, functioning in. But, uh, yeah, so I opened that bag. I began to share. I began to get more clarity about Chaz Jackson. Let Accountability me, let me was, was built. Huh? Let me stop you right there for a second. All right. So you ended off with accountability just because you, you unpacked a whole lot there. All right. Mm. So let me circle that and we'll pick back up with when you started taking accountability. All right. So, you know, you, you grew up in North Carolina, low income area. You were surrounded by alcohol and drugs. Right. So now what age range were you at this point? So, from the age, me thinking back to five years old, all the way to, you know, to I had the opportunity to go and play college uh, ball, man. So all the way up to my high school year. Yeah. Okay. And how, how did that, that affect you as a student? As a student, you know, even getting back to to five years old, uh, I remember, man, me being a daredevil as a, as a student. And I remember getting injured. Uh, if you can see in the camera, I have a scar on my forehead, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, I can see. And uh, yeah, that, that, that revolutionized and, and changed my whole experience because obviously me growing up in kindergarten, starting kindergarten, you know, kids can be mean at that time. So that's yeah. kind of what is the cycling of bullying kind of started at the same time. And also from a sense of, you know, Chaz Jackson building up this this mask and, and not truly enjoying what he was uh, viewing in the mirror, even at that early of age. And then, you know, kind of tackle, tackle on to that, you know, that whole aspect of growing up in that type of environment where, you know, I wasn't truly able to share some of those those feelings, right, of, of what was going on in school, 
and you know, not really having anyone to to truly talk about it. And <clears throat> I, I think me being a student, going back to that whole emotional baggage aspect of things, uh, stuffing that stuff in there, you know, I was kind of I, I began to be really closed off. Uh, I didn't share a whole lot. Um, I use certain things to help me carry that emotional baggage when I look back, Rob. Yeah. Uh, I use drugs and alcohol even at an early age. It, it was kind of like an intermittent thing. It, it wasn't a consistent thing uh, growing up as a teenager, but I started that early. I started sexual activity, kind of taking you through this whole journey of being a student, started practicing that early. Also, I mentioned that I was an athlete, man, and and, and as much joy and pleasure that came out of that, man, I, I love the sport of football, basketball, and track. That was that was my three sports. I went on and played collegiate ball uh, for football in that, in that sport. But I even use athletics to help me carry that emotional baggage, right? Because a lot of those things can be distractions about our true feelings, right? It can... Uh, when that bag gets heavy, me getting on the field, pounding on somebody, or whatever the case may be, man. So as a student, that really helped me. Obviously, you know, one of my biggest things even at this point is understanding exercise, right? So exercise helps us in so many ways. One of the biggest ways is to help you balance your emotions. So even though all of these things was going on in my household, you know, and out in my community, in school, you know, in, in different areas of my life as a student, as we kind of stay in that same lane, you know, <clears throat> sports really helped me a lot uh, to help me balance my emotions, that exercise uh, aspect of things. And again, good things happen along the way, but uh, poor decisions was made, was frequently in there every, every once in a while. And guys, maybe being a man of faith, I just feel like God was with me, even though I wasn't truly self-aware of it, <laughs> to be honest, man. And and I don't blame anybody for my circumstances or or how things worked out, because I believe, you know, we go through certain things in life, Rob, to become who we're called to be. So uh, I feel like me going through that in my childhood and in my teenage years helped me become the man I am today. Absolutely. And like you see, as it says right up above us, your true power lies in your story. And that's why this is set up in this way. Like the first few shows that I did, you know, like people want to talk about all the good stuff. And but there's a lot of people out there who are struggling and the people that have, like I said, in my open end monologue there, like people have hopes, they have wishes, they have dreams, but they're stuck. Or, you know, the belief system isn't there. Maybe the vision isn't strong enough. Or maybe they feel they don't have the, the support to do it. And this is why I dive so much, so deep, so much deeper into people's backstories. Because it's relatable to the people listening. And mm -hmm. it'll get someone to make the decision. And you've said it multiple times already to deal with their emotional baggage. So, mm -hmm. so you knew that you had it. You had an outlet in athletics but you still ended up getting arrested. So what So what do you think was keeping you holding on to that emotional baggage? Or what was the reason that, that, that you hadn't fully addressed why you kept filling it? That was an amazing question. And this is kind of going back to athletics, for instance, or uh, obviously it helped during that moment, but there was still an empty hole there. It's kind of like, 
you know, when 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 you take something away, you have to plug it back in with something else. It's kind of like, you know, if, if you give up eating cake for some reason, like what are you replacing that with? You have to replace something because yeah. you still have that void. But again, those things were going back to the emotional baggage aspect and me using certain athlete outlets like athletics or, you know, those poor relationships early on in my life. I, I mentioned sexual activity uh, at a young age, starting in teenage years or or uh, drinking or, or the or the, the drug use or smoking or however the case may be. Yeah, it helped at that time. But then those emotions still rise back up. You know, it, it was really not truly dealt with. And I believe because I didn't have a true uh, source to really replace, you know, and really discover, you know, how to overcome the emotional baggage. That's what kept me making those poor decisions and with the drinking. And and. It even catapulted a little bit more after I got out of college because me being a student athlete, football was all I knew, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you have to pick a degree. I graduated, Rob, but here's the thing about school in general, what I discovered. School teaches you what to think, but it doesn't truly teach you how to think, if that makes sense. That's two things like in school. Like, two, school does not really teach you how to think and it doesn't teach you how to manage money, right? So, me graduating college, I remember losing that identity or that outlet of sports and activity, right? Because I mentioned earlier how, you know, athletics kind of kept me grounded in some ways of fashion. So, when that was taken out, you know, after my senior year in college, it was just like, whoa, like, what is my identity now? I still had this emotional baggage. Uh, I graduated back in 2010, but it's crazy that I found myself in 2012 behind that wheel of a car making that, making that, uh, you know, decision. And again, as I think back, man, it, it again, it, I did not have a true outlet and I didn't truly discover that to after I was taking that daily challenge of really gaining clarity. I mentioned accountability and truly just finding purpose for my life. So, um, yeah, does that make sense? Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, so before we get back to where you had the, the switch flip, so you had the accident. What were your initial thoughts when the accident happened? When the accident happened, I was like, oh, man, I wrecked my girl's car. And that was the initial, <laughs> <laughs> that was the initial thought. Uh I was like, Amy is going to be pissed that I wrecked this car. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I can remember, you know, the law being called on me. Uh, being authentic, man, I remember just trying to, I was out there staggering around trying to pull this car out of the ditch, to be honest with you. <laughs> and to this day, you know, I talk to people like, man, why didn't you run? But that wasn't, that wasn't even in my thought process at the time. I remember getting arrested uh, for drinking and driving. And taking a jail and then I remember just sitting in that cold jail cell like, man, we're back here again because I've been there before for drinking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it was just like, man, what is going on? And, and I remember even at that time, I think God was talking to me because it's it's funny in our times of silence is when we truly hear the most. And yeah. uh, and all that stuff was dwelling. And like I said, fast forwarding to that statement from my from my girlfriend at the time. And uh, yeah, man, and just really being like, hey man, 
there is something inside of me that I don't see in myself. And, and I know there's something better out there for Chaz Jackson, even though, you know, I had some identity issues, some low self-esteem, some low self-worth issues. I don't know. I, there was just something that was just boiling inside of me. It was like, man, there's something greater out there for me. I just have to discover it. And one of the, the greatest things that I discovered was beginning to love myself, to be honest, because I didn't truly love myself. And obviously to put myself in that situation uh, kind of shows that. So I had to discover how to truly love Chaz Jackson. And I can say to this day that I do love Chaz Jackson with, with so much confidence and authority. I also can say that I haven't had a drink of alcohol in over eight years. So Amazing. Um, that, that, that was that was conquered for me. And, you know, I just give all glory to God. Again, me being a man of faith and and that's what works for me. Uh, and gosh, man, obviously, you know, I had to become comfortable with being uncomfortable for one one thing for sure, because, you know, there had to be some self-discipline built. You know, I know. In this little, I'm, I'm taking you guys on a little roller coaster ride there. But yeah, the belief system is a very powerful thing. You know, I share with a lot of my kids this quote as well. We perform at the level of our belief, not the level of our potential. So I, I, I mentioned that see the greatness inside of us, whoever listening. There's so much potential there, right? I mean, if, if you know, God comes down to tell us exactly what he had planned for us, man, it'll probably blow our minds, right? So there's so much that can be accomplished inside of us, but it all starts here. What do you think? What is your belief system? And that's something that I had to take the daily challenge of just, you know, really changing my belief system about what I thought about myself. Because I mentioned when I was a kid starting at the age of five years old, getting hurt, being bullied. I remember coming home crying, um, on days, man, after school from just being called scar-faced and being called ugly by girls that I liked. And me looking in the mirror, man, I was like, man, you are scar-faced, you are ugly. And I can remember even when I got to, to middle school, just being a little authentic, wearing a hat every day because I didn't want nobody to call me that. And I wore a hat every day all the way up to that accident, to be honest with you, man. But now, man, uh, again, I, I can go around proud without wearing a hat, knowing that, hey, Chaz Jackson loves Chaz Jackson for who he is, for what I've been uh, called to. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm just really excited about that. I, I'm excited about sharing other people, sharing with other people that's going through some similar things that I've went through. And just, again, uh, helping, helping with the belief system and helping people unlock their true potential. So. Say, this is exactly why I don't meet with people ahead of time because, like, everything that you share is right from the gut, it's from your soul, it's raw. Like, you can feel it, even though you know I'm the host of the show. It's like, you know, I'm feeling that story. You know, when you were talking about sitting in that jail cell, like, I can picture you sitting there. You know what I mean? So, it's like, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the power in the story. And for the people listening, right, if you just tuned in, I'm going to give a quick recap. So this is Chaz Jackson, the husband, father, teacher, speaker, has a passion for physical therapy. He was an athlete and, you know, he had a, had a tough, tough upbringing. There was some poor decision-making. There was some emotional baggage. He had, he had an accident, you know, where he had a scar on his face. He was bullied. He was called names. You know, he struggled with low, low self-esteem and 
Fast forward, he lost his job, lost his license, had wrecked his girlfriend's car, had issues with alcohol, and he landed himself in jail. So this isn't overcoming obstacles. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, like you said, you know, there's people out there dealing with worse, but this is still a lot of stuff to deal with. But there was a moment where his girlfriend said to him, after being told by his lawyer that she should leave him because he's not going to amount to anything, basically. But she planted a seed of greatness within him. And that's where just as words, like when you were being bullied, like those words hurt you, her mm. words gave you a rebirth. Mm, I like that, man. You know, like and that. that's the power in words. So like people sitting here listening to this, hearing this story, hearing our dialogue, we're planting seeds of greatness within you. So mm. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. If you're in a toxic relationship, if you hate your job, if you have a strained relationship with your child or your parent, like it doesn't matter what it is. If you need to make amends with someone, just start out with that one seed of greatness. And he said his girlfriend kept watering his seed, watering his seed, watering his seed. He took personal accountability and then now we're going to pick it up from there. So once you realize, you know, it's on me to change the direction of my life. What were the first steps you put into place? Wow. So one of the first steps was my self-talk. What I was saying to myself and I and I challenge you ever listening to us right now. You know, there's a coach inside of us and there's a critic. Right. There's somebody. Let's start with that critic, because <laughs> that, that, that that's who wants to overpower. We I mean, we can say as many names. Some people say the devil or, or the enemy or wh whatever label you want to give it. But it's that individual that's always telling you to, to stick with fear, to stick with shame, you know, to, to stick <clears throat> with this negative environment in, in your mind of, you know, you can't overcome, you, you aren't able to do this. Why do you think you should be over there? You, you aren't able to talk to that individual. You are unable to overcome this situation. But I had to, I had to really build up that coach because that critic, man, it had me from the age of five years old, all the way to the age of 25, 26 years old, man. Wow. And uh, meaning if I put a percentage on it, man, it had me over about 70%, you know? So that coach, thinking about the coach is that positivity, right? That that encouragement, that empowerment, that that inspiration, that part of me, you know, I had to, I had to, I had to shift, I had to shift the flow to really pour in and invest into that coaching, that self, that good self talk within myself. And again, I mentioned, and, and this is for me, uh, you know, me and the man of faith, me building a relationship uh, with God, that, that was uh, something that really helped me. And, and as I did that, that accountability part that you mentioned, Rob, getting good people around me, right? Because one of the things I discovered, and also this is popping in my head, me being, you know, a part of the John Maxwell team, you know, in one of his books, Leadership, Leadership, if anybody, you know, if you're looking for a leadership book, Leadership is definitely one to check out amongst, uh, I think, John's wrote over like 80 books. So, I mean, you won't go wrong with any of them. But I, I want to say something out of that book that he shared. He said that you should constantly be seeking to get around people that are ahead of you. So uh, I mentioned, you know, me open up that emotional baggage. One of the things that I did to get uh, 
in front of people that are ahead of me is getting counseling, right? So getting around people that overcome addiction themselves. And I took that seriously. I, I built a nice little game plan, if you will, to help me once I got out of that program. And I continue just to surround myself around people that are ahead of me, people that wants to see Chaz Jackson win and people that are willing to value themselves uh, so that they can value others and add value to others. So I discovered that along the way. And as well as I begin to read more and really just invest in myself, that makes sense. Because I think when we really give the power to the critic part of our brain, there's not a lot of investing in ourselves there, right? Because a lot of the critic stuff is coming from the outside world. And I was really listening to that a lot. I was really distracted and and not really understanding how to truly think if that, if that makes uh, sense, Rob. Uh, so I had to really discover that through that accountability. And again, just really invested in myself and my personal study time. And throughout that whole gap, man, it was like a force was in my head. Like I, I was learning so much stuff. Uh, I had accountability people around me, keeping me grounded, keeping me away from the alcohol. I still had that girlfriend that was sticking by me. By the grace of God, she's now my wife, man. Uh, I, I still call her the MVP to this day. But having her and accountability and all the reading and from so many sources, uh, when I really began to gain clarity on my life, dude, I had all this stuff in my head and it was like a forest. And I was like, man, we got to make this a garden. So I met Dr. Dara White and uh, she helped me publish my first book back in 2019. So uh, from that scale from 2012 all the way to 2019, in that little short period of time, man, I had discovered so much. And I wrote that book to make it a garden about what was I doing, what tips and techniques was I doing to overcome some of those barriers that I've mentioned, like I said uh, you know, that low self-esteem, that low self-worth, not truly loving Chaz Jackson and, and really discovering, hey, how can I, you know, share that emotional baggage and refill it with some good some good stuff that will be concrete, if that makes sense. And and uh, and again, you know, it's been it's been a journey all the way up to this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, and uh, so you, you said a lot of really good things there, but right there at the end where you said good emotional baggage, because I was going to take it there later, but since you took it there now, we'll take it there now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because again, because everyone's got that emotional baggage, it's up to you to decide what you hold on to. Mm -hmm. you know? So that's where the real shifts happen. So if you fill it with all ne all negative stuff, I mean, and let's face it, we're all human. We're all going to deal with some things that are unfavorable at times, but you don't have to let that define you. Like you don't have to give that emotional control over you. Mm -hmm. And like, like, and people, people constantly are asking me, you know, like how, how are you always, always in a good mood? And like when the gyms got shut, shut down, people were like, Oh, why aren't you, outraged and why aren't you this why aren't you that it said because that that right there at this moment is out of my control it's like does it does it suck yes it does and i started a podcast <laughs> instead so while the gym was closed i started this you know it's just just quick quickly pivoted so instead of filling that emotional bag with a bunch of negativities and woe is me's i said all right mm -hmm. I, I need something to fill the time and and again i started with just one day now i'm up to four days and I'm booking into the middle of June. 
you know? Mm. So, yeah, and, and, and even now, I'm down a good amount of clients in my fitness business, but I started coaching, you know? So, like, there's, there's ways around everything. So, if you only focus on the negative or if you only see challenges, that's all you're going to see. Mm. You know, so the, so when the gym's got shut down, it's all right. So what can I do in the meantime? You know, and you just you just make that you make make that shift, and that starts with what you said, positive self talk. It starts there. The more you talk good about yourself, the more you're gonna develop that self love. Mm. Like, that's a big thing that I work with, especially with females. Like I need to learn how to love myself again. I said, well, it starts with stop telling yourself that you're fat and ugly. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. let's start. Let's start there. <laughs> you know, like start start with appreciating yourself, appreciating the beauty, appreciating that you're alive. You know, like let's just start with that. Appreciate that your children are healthy, and mm-hmm. just right. You start from there, and then you start to see things differently. You start to value things differently, and then mm-hmm. you, then you start to love yourself. And then another thing you said that I wrote down was that you got to value yourself. Then you'll be able to value others. Wow, that's it, man. Yeah, that is it. Yeah. So, yeah. when did you decide that you were gonna become an entrepreneur? That was that's a really good question. <clears throat> I think I think once I really began to get grounded on my self talk, and this is so fast forwarding, you know, to 2016, I had just I had went back to school, so. I went back to school. I got certified in physical therapy uh, where I, I still kind of practicing that. And and that was influenced back in high school, actually, uh, by an amazing individual who kind of watered my seed along the journey as well. But uh, I went back to school and I, I did that, uh, got into that field. But there was something in my mind was like, man, some, people need to hear your story. People need to hear more about what's going on. And, and what you're learning. And I was resisting that, man. I was like, no, no, no I, don't, I don't really want to do that. You know, if, if 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 a conversation came up with like what we're doing right now, Rob, just kind of conversating and, and having a good time and sharing some some tips and techniques that I've been learning through, some reads, that's fine. But me getting on stage and doing all that, I don't really want to do all that. So uh, so this, this this these thoughts started like in 2016. Uh, I was kind of still running from it a little bit, running from it. And it, the thoughts just got so overwhelming that I just began putting up YouTube videos. And it was just kind of just tips and techniques of daily inspiration. And then as I began to put those videos up, and this gets kind of uh, branching into me publishing my first book, Live, Learn, and Lead Powerfully, dude, like, I just started building more confidence and building more confidence. You know, people reach out to me like, man, you should, you should write, you should do this book and you, you should really come talk over here or come talk to my football team. And I really like what you're doing. And again, as the, I was taking that daily challenge and continue to, you know, speak that good self-talk, getting accountability around me. For me, man, me finding that identity in God was really key as well, and, and me growing in that that avenue as well. Uh, I began to just find value in gifting a gift, uh, and that's that's kind of the the whole brand. 
Now, I feel that physically we're a gift, but I mentioned that seed of greatness. There is a gift inside of each and every one of us. And as we properly water that seed, it's going to produce fruit, right, that we can share to the world. So I, I feel we're all gifted differently to make a difference. So, yeah, yeah man. So as, as, as I continue to grow, man, and, and understand, man, there's, there's other people that's, you know, had some has some similar ideals that they're needing to overcome that I dealt with. And again, I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to sit here and say that I have it all figured out, Rob, but I discovered some, some stuff, man. And I just, to willing listeners, you know, as an entrepreneur, I just want to provide those services uh, to help them get to where they want to be. So. Absolutely. So you had mentioned about education earlier. And you also just mentioned, too, how, how we're all gifted differently. And I agree with that 100%. But when it comes to the education system, then I'm like we're going to flow this into your work with youth because I feel it, it's, it's very relative that all the students are taught the same, but everyone receives it differently. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Like, for example, I was working with an after-school program for at-risk youths. And as I get there, one of the, one of the teachers tells me, you know, that, that one over there, he's one of the biggest problems in here. And I was like, wow. okay. I'm like, what's the big deal? They're just like, oh, well, he's unruly and he's this and he's that. I said, okay. I said, so when we break off into groups, like, I want to be in his group. So she's like, okay. So he comes over and, you know, of course, he's, he's trying to act all tough and everything. So I just start asking him some, some questions, just trying, trying to get some background on him. And it seems like he just doesn't like to be told what to do. Mm. So, so I spun it. And I was like, all right, so for this project, like, I want you to work with Tim and Jen. And you guys come up with a plan for this project, okay? So, but I want you, you to lead it. You know, so I put him in charge. And he did a great job of it. And mm. so, so then we split off into sports. We were, we were playing basketball. I made him captain of the other team. And he did amazing. He, he, was, he was motivational. He was assertive. Like, he wasn't a, pro- a problem at all. I said, I said, the problem is, is you guys keep telling him that he's a bad kid. He's going to grow up thinking he's a bad kid. Mm. Wow, you know? man. It's like, so I gave him a little bit of empowerment, and he became a completely different person. Cause like just maybe his style isn't to just sit there and be barked at, mm. you know. It's just like for like someone like me, I don't really learn from from books, even though I'm in the process of writing one. But but that's just me. Like I'm much more hands on and visual. Like visual, I can retain anything from from anywhere. But like when I read, I just drift. It just doesn't work for me, you know. So when you're working with youth, like what's your what's your approach for connecting with them? Wow, that that was so much gold that you shared there about that whole connection aspect and and putting them in charge. So I feel like there's so many lanes I want to take with this or exits that I want to go. But dude, I, I want to start. I want to start with what you was talking about, how you putting that kid in charge and how all this negativity was said to him that was slowing him down, man. Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm X popped in, in my mind for, for some reason just now. And, well, I know what the reason is based off of what you were sharing. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, if, if you know his story, you know, his teacher, he went up to his teacher and shared how he wanted to be a lawyer. And the teacher said this to him. He said, you cannot be a lawyer because you are a black man. 
And and that whole dream was thrown away from him. And I said to say this, and, and I talk about this a lot, even when I, I speak with educators uh, on one of my one of my uh, programs called Values Plus Action Equals Impossible. Yes. I talk about how like you your voice is so important in how you influence our young people. Meaning, like they're spending a huge amount of time in front of these educators, right, of their life and. And like a lot of kids, like for me, for instance, growing up in that in that environment where, you know, positivity was not like on a consistent basis spread in my environment. Right. You know, a, a lot of these kids can get that negativity at home. You know, us as educators and we got to be pouring positivity into them from the get go, because, yes. uh, <laughs> you know, uh, them dealing with those trials at home and dealing with it at school, man, that's going to cause them to to not make the best decisions, right? So yeah. I feel like, you know, we have to continue to speak life into our young people and say, hey, if Chaz can do it, you can do it. Whatever, yes. is, put on your, whatever is put in your mind, whatever the vision that you have, let's cultivate that. And I believe it's cultivated the best is understanding and allowing our young people to know that, hey, you have a voice, right? And that's one of the things, you know, that, that I really harp on is letting kids know that like, you have a voice right now and you can be in leadership right now, just as you put that kid, you know, in charge on the basketball team and, and splitted him up and allowing him to have a voice with another student. And and for me, and when I, and when I go and speak with a lot of, you know, kids, obviously this is <laughs> pre-COVID, you know, I've been doing some stuff virtually, but you yeah. know, I, I, I so I so miss that 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 whole energy uh, in the gymnasium, man, with with kids, and it's those conversations afterwards. But a lot of a lot of things that, or one of the the key things that I've realized on my journey as I've grown as a speaker is truly understanding that you know our kids, and you know they they think more uh, with their their occipital lobe uh, aspect of their brain, their amygdala, uh, yeah. meaning feeling based versus for us as adults, you know, we think more uh, in our frontal lobe and which that's more of a complex thinking. And, and that's not truly fully developed until the age of 25 years old, that frontal lobe. So we actually think back here first feeling based and then it wraps around as we get older. So uh, for me, when, you know, when I'm talking with my young people, I understand they're going to connect with me more like what we're doing, having these conversations. Chaz Jackson being vulnerable because sharing my feelings of how, you know, I, I was in fear at one point in my childhood, you know, not knowing, you know, what would happen as far as growing up in that drug and alcohol environment, the traumas and dramas that was uh, seen and, and, and not necessarily mentioned this earlier, but the domestic violence that was seen. Uh, you know, from the age of five years old, starting on up, man, the, that, that, that fear, that anger that was, was uh, portrayed there, you know, the guilt that, that I was feeling, me being bullied in school, how did that make Chaz Jackson feel? You know, it made me scared. You know, I mentioned me coming home and sleeping on my twin-size bed right after school and just crying myself to sleep, right? Uh, really sharing those emotions because, yes, it's good for me to come in and say, yeah, I published two books and, and I've done, I have a podcast and I, and, and I have all this success. I'm married and I have a, a God's blessings with a nice house and a car. And, yeah, they can relate to that stuff, but they really 
they really can relate when I really get to the feeling aspect of things and really be vulnerable and really saying, hey, I've been where you've been. You know, I understand that, hey, you're going through these situations at home. And, you know, we can draw the line and plug in the blank. And I know you having these emotions, but hey, uh, if Chaz can do it, you can do it. You can overcome that. You can allow uh, the rest of your life to be the best of your life. Uh, you don't have to be a victim in this moment. I promise you, you don't have to. You have a voice and you can be victorious regardless of your circumstances because I believe in you. I see that seed of greatness inside of you. Allow me to water it for you and allow uh, that fruit to be brought forward for your generation and the next generation to come. So, yeah, Love man. It. Love it. It's amazing. So I got to ask you. So when you share that message in communities of color, do you get any pushback? Because believe it or not, I, I actually do. I actually do. Like I was getting shredded on, on Facebook because I said... All you need in this world, I, I said similar to what you just said earlier. I said all you need in this world is a vision and the dedication and passion to carry out that vision. That's all mm -hmm. you need. I said regardless of race, gender, sex, like regardless. And people were just all over me. I'm like, where is the negativity in that message? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where? It's like, so for me to tell young people of color or of any race, really, that you could be whatever you want to be, block out the noise and focus on your goals. And I'm getting vilified for sharing that message. Have you dealt with that? Yes, I have. I have. And guys, uh, I think I want to go back to that quote I said earlier today. We perform at the level of our belief, not the level yes. of our potential. So uh, <laughs> sharing those kind of things. Yes, it's good, but we got to understand what belief system been put in place. Also, Marianne Williamson, dude, she said a quote that, that really has a footprint on my heart. Uh, I was actually, you know, exposed to it by the movie Coach Carter. You watched that with oh, Samuel yeah. Jackson. Yeah. And you remember when the when a teenager he stood up when they was doing their studies. I forget my guy's name, man. He had a little dude afro. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but when he said that quote. I yep. think it planted a seed, but it really didn't resonate with me until I was on my journey of uh, allowing the coach to grow more than the critic and really understanding, well, why did Chaz Jackson think the way that he thought back then? Like, have you ever just really sat down and asked yourself the questions of, you know, whatever the circumstances may be? Why was I thinking like that? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, going back to that examining emotional baggage, uh, you know, uh, or interrogating it, like, why was I thinking that way? Uh, and obviously we know it was the environment that was part of it, but I want to share that quote. And I feel like it's so powerful, man. She says, she says this, <clears throat> you know, we are afraid of our light more than our darkness, right? Yep. And that light, man, the doing the good, the positivity, you know, the, the aspect of growing your full potential, growing towards your full potential, even outside of the whole belief system aspect, you know, that's scary, right? Uh, obviously, if you take a stride and go to the next level, thinking about like the elevator of life, you know, starting with that 
Just say like if you're on level three and you want to go to level six, and let's say if you for some reason you made a connection and you jumped to level six, you still have that belief system of level three, right? So um mentioning like NBA players, for instance, like you know, there was some research out years back that said 85% of NBA players uh go broke uh, you know, after retirement within like the within within like five years or so like that. Why is that? Because it's like, yeah, that that talent, that potential is there. Like you're jumping up to the penthouse and say, but if you still have that level three thinking, you know, after everything is shut down, then you're going to go back to level three, yep. you know? So uh, going back to, I'm, I'm going to share that, that full quote she says. She says, our deepest fears is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fears is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, going back to not our darkness that most frightens us. So I really think that's the case, man. That light is frightening. And it's kind of like being a crab in a bucket. If you know crabs, yes. one crab yep. tries to get out, yep. the other one's gonna pull you back down in. So for me, I mentioned that accountability within my story, man. And I mentioned that John Maxwell deal, getting around people that are ahead of you. Whenever we're going after something different, going into a foreign land, we have to meet people that's in that land, right? Yep. Because you can't expect other people in the land that you're in right now if they're thinking on that same uh, process or that, that same program to understand that foreign land that you want to go to, right? So getting around people that are ahead of you, I think that's really key. And for me, when I'm talking you know, to, to uh, our people of color, you know, really honing on that, getting around black people in the land that you want to be in, in that environment that you want to be in. And that's not saying that we forget about where we come from. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I love, I love Farsi, North Carolina. Uh, you know, I love my, my family and that community, but you know, I, I had to get to a point to understand that, Hey, they're not going to be able to teach me to be a speaker because they don't have the intellect of being a speaker. They're not going to be able to teach me how to be an author because there's no one in that environment that's been an author. They're not going to teach me how to run a podcast or or to go out and speak in front of schools or whatever the case may be. Again, we can draw a line and plug in the blank with the mindset that they have. So, yeah, um, yeah man, uh, hopefully that makes sense. I know I'm kind of hitting the ball in different directions here, but no. yeah, man, I think it goes back to that belief system, really honing, hitting home there. And uh, having them understand, man, that, hey, it's going to be scary. You have to become comfortable being uncomfortable. That light is scary. Yeah. But yeah. If, we, if we're willing to have the courage to take that step, um, it can be it can be life changing. man. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And that and that goes for anyone, for absolutely anyone, no matter what it is, no matter what your situation is, you can you can turn the corner very very quickly and that's the other part too is like people don't realize if you have one of these mm. in a in a vision you can make a whole lot of different things happen whole lot of things happen mm. and it's just a matter of stepping into it you know like you just you just have to step into it and figure like what is what is my superpower cuz just like you said everyone's born with different gifts mm. but but somewhere along the way somebody told you that you suck at that gift you know that's what it boils down to so i call it you know either stuffing people into a box or clipping their wings but mm -hmm. like wow. I, I was speaking to a fourth grade class 
And I was just asking asking the kids, you know, raise your hand. What do you like to do? You hear science, you hear baseball, you hear football. One little girl says, I like to sing. And so so I said, do you want to stand up and sing, sing now? And she's like, no. I'm like, why not? And she's like, because people will laugh at me. She's like, because my brother told me I'm not a good singer. Mm. And I was like, young, young lady, come up here. Come up here. I was like, this is a safe place. Go ahead, sing a couple lines for us. You know, and just let her sing. And just mm. the biggest smile, her big old dimples popped out. You know what I mean? But just like little moments like that can plant that seed of greatness mm. that her brother tried to stuff her into a box. <laughs> you know, and that thing, and that happens to us as adults as well. People have things that they want to do, that they want to accomplish, but they're not in that right circle of friends. You know, because mm. everyone's heard it. You know, the five people you hang around with, you're going to be the sixth. <laughs> Dude, that, that is so true. And even kind of taking it, taking it to another shift from that. Yeah, getting that voice. But you made me think of I did a book club. This is pre-COVID back in Carolina. And this was with some middle school students. And I had them uh, do this, this little uh, workshop or you know, little material ideal of, you know, I gave them a sheet of paper and it had a mask on the front of it. Or oh, I asked them, I'm sorry, I asked them to write mask at the top of the sheet of paper. And on, and on the front of the paper, I asked them, you know, what do you want people to see? What do you want people to see uh, as far as qualities and characteristics about you? Yeah. And then I had them flip that paper on the other side and I asked them to write down, what do you not want people to see? And dude, it, it, it was is a crazy of what those young people was writing down. Obviously, you know, on the front of that paper, what do you want people to see? Hey, I'm a funny person in class. You know, I'm athletic. Uh, I got from some of the students, you know, <clears throat> that I'm fun to be around. But then on the back of that sheet, you know, those feelings going back to what, what we was talking about earlier, uh, you know, they said that they don't want people to know that they're sad. They don't want people to know that they're frustrated. They don't want people to know that their dad is abusing their mom. Stuff like that, man. They don't want uh, people to know that they miss their brother that passed away. They don't want people, you know, to know that they're, they don't like this school. And I think kind of going off of you getting that young girl up there to, to share herself. I feel like that is so important that we share uh, or find someone that you like and trust and share what is going on truly uh, behind that mask. Cause I feel like we all can put a mask on, right? Of what we want people to see, yeah. but when those cameras are cut off, you know, what's really going on. You know, I, my pastor said that once he said, the real you is the person when no one else is around. Right. That, that stuff is on back of that sheet. So how do we get our young people to really open up and share what's on back of that that sheet? The real stuff, the real you. And for me, man, whenever I really discovered, hey, being able to talk with someone, uh, I asked your your whole audience right now, who is your 12 o'clock person? Like 12, 12 a.m. person, that person that you can call when things are going bad. I feel like we all need at least one of those people that you can really share what's on on you know the back of your sheet or behind the mask, right? Because 
you know, we, we want we want to be accepted. We want to be pleasing. I mean, social media is is one of the biggest things, right? <laughs> Us portraying this picture of a perfect life. But hey, man, you know, behind the scenes, that's who you truly are. And regardless of your circumstances, man, I think I think we have to get our young people to a position where they're able to share as well as adults sharing what's going on in that emotional baggage. Agreed. Yeah. And, and especially the ones that don't have a strong foundation at home, mm. you know, cause like they, they definitely need to hear that. One, one of the first inner city schools I spoke in, I was, I don't want to say I was intimidated, but like, I just wasn't sure how the conversation was going to go, you know? So like, mm. cause I, I had spoken in some other areas, area schools, but like this one was like right smack in South Providence. <laughs> so it's like, you know, how how is this going to go? Because I was raised in the woods. I mean, I, I was born in New York City, but but I was raised in the woods. And so like I, I've never lived that that street life, you know, but doesn't mean I haven't dealt with stuff, you know, in my time. So it's like I've still been the same skin color, you know, my entire life. So I have had, had to, you know, endure some things. But like I go into this classroom prepared to be to be defensive if, if if the kids start pointing fingers and blaming white people and all that other stuff and, <laughs> but like when i tell you that was one of the best talks i had ever given it's like those, those kids were they were attentive they were asking questions like it's like they wanted that that structure you know because like i'm a pretty firm speaker it's like i don't yell at them or anything but like i'm a very tough love i mean the show's called shut up and grind you know <laughs> <laughs> so it's like i'm a very tough love guy but they were extremely receptive to my message mm. you know and i just think that that the kids just need to hear that black out the noise and go accomplish what you want to accomplish dude that's it that's it and and for me, you know, even speaking in those environments, you know, just being engaged and not necessarily just up there talking, but just listen to them because, you know, a lot of these kids, man, they don't have anyone to really share, you yeah. know, share their experiences and, and just giving them opportunity and just asking them questions. A lot of times, man, I've got better responses from when I talk less at some on some platforms, man, and just mm. engage with them. Hey, how's things going? What do you think about this quote or what do you think about what I just shared? Uh, can you tell me more about you? Dude, I've got so many more people to come up to me afterwards and <laughs> and so such a bigger response being on platforms than you know, me just sitting up there just spitting facts at them, if that makes sense. Our, yeah. our young people going back to that feeling based thinking, man, that they're, they're more uh, wanting to be engaged versus told in some aspects. So. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I do a mixture. I do a mixture of you know speech, but it's very interactive. Like, like yeah. I have to illustrate points. Like I, what I do a lot is with push-ups. Like I'll have someone. Well, I'll ask for two volunteers, and I'll tell one of like, all right, give me ten, ten push-ups, and they'll get down. I'll have the whole class count and we cheer. You know, everybody's. <laughs> then I'll tell the other one, now give me ten push-ups in under ten seconds. You know, mm. and, then, and then that person's like cranking you know, and, again, <laughs> and everyone's going. I'm like, all right, guys, so what did we just w witness? I'm like, so the first student, did they do anything wrong? And we're like, no. Like the task was do 10 push-ups and they did 10 push-ups. But what was the difference with this one? And they're like, you gave them a goal. I said, exactly. I gave them a goal and then they put forth and they're like more effort. I'm like, see, you got it. I like that, man. That's really yeah, good. 
Yeah, so instead of just, you know, like you said, spitting at them, you know, like you give you give them that visual and then then you piece it together with the main message. But mm-hmm. it's awesome, man. I love I love what you're doing. So that hour flew by. It did. This is an amazing <laughs> conversation. Absolutely. This is awesome. Yeah. So how can people get in touch with you? Yes, sir. Again, thank you for allowing me to be on Shut Up and Grind. If whoever's listening right now, if you haven't subscribed, uh, been following this giant, definitely do it. Uh, phenomenal uh, interview and just conversation, man. Uh, I love having good conversations. But you can find me. My official website is www.chazjacksonspeaks.org. Also, you can you know find me on most of your social media platforms at Chaz Jackson Speaks. At the end of the day, athletes, just like musicians, actually, they need to do something again and again and again and again and again. They're going to fall on their face. They're going to get back up and they have to go, was my elbow in the right spot? Was my knee in the right spot? Did I get that jump shot? Did I get fast enough? Da-da-da. And you got to go and do it again. You got to get slapped in the face and lose. <laughs> and you have to go back out and you got to do it and freaking again. And so yeah. when you take those skill sets and you go into business, because you're going to lose in business, you're going to fail a crap ton of times. It's a learning lesson. Take it as a learning lesson. You're going to have that muscle memory as we're talking about. That failure muscle memory is going to help yeah. you, you know, strive and, and, and accomplish the goals that you want within business. So that's why I love the correlation between athletes and, and business. Yes, I had a former NFL athlete on. I think they were episode 41, I believe. And... So when he was doing his opening intro, he didn't even mention that, right? And so we're starting to to move into the next topic. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, we're just going to gloss over the fact that you're a professional football player. And he's like, oh, well, you know, like I I just tried to move past. I was like, no, dude, there's a journey there. (laughs) Yeah. Journey to get there. It's like there were kids who bust their tail all day long trying to get there and they still don't make it. (laughs) <laughs> so we yeah. want to talk about that process and how you made it because i said on that episode because it completely correlates to business completely does because like in business same thing just as you said you guys gotta, gotta be willing to take take the punches as they come and you know you got to be willing to invest when you can and can't afford it like that that one i went to in atlanta at that at that moment i i really couldn't afford the, the three thousand dollars for that for that weekend and of course, no, you know, everyone's like, you're spending that much for a weekend. But let me tell you, it completely changed the way I speak. And I was a good speaker prior, but they taught me how to become a storyteller. So ah. it, it's completely changed me. So honestly, I, I would have paid 10 grand had I known it would have turned me into this. You know, so some, so sometimes we were so focused on the expense that we're not realizing that, you know, it's that butterfly get waiting, out of it. Waiting, waiting to blossom, you know? All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So, this was awesome. I, I feel like we could talk all day. I know we totally <laughs> can. I don't shut up. Like ask my husband. <laughs> I don't either. So. And now I was, I was an, an elite athlete in high school. As good as I was, I was still voted most talkative in the superlatives. <laughs> I was like, that's what you guys remember me for? <laughs> oh my God, I love it. That's so awesome. Oh, you know, well, it's a good thing. <laughs> yes. All right, so how can people get in touch with you? And that's a really great question. Uh, you can find me at um, thehiddenrulesexpert.com on Facebook, Amazon with Ashley, or The Hidden Rules Expert as well. 
uh, Instagram, Ashley Armstrong Hidden Rules. And uh, I know we didn't really talk about it today, but my favorite thing to do with product companies is help them create product images that are different because of their experiences, right? Yeah. Like nobody has it perfect and everybody deals with the same shit because we're all wired the same. Yeah. We're just programmed differently. Yes. Yeah. And then, Sorry, I'm but, off my soapbox. No, no, no. You're, <laughs> you're right. Because again, and it doesn't matter either male, female, because I probably have a good balance between men and women. And everyone shares pretty much that same struggle, self, self-doubt, self self-limiting beliefs, you know, some support system, not all there, you know, yeah. having, having the courage to leave the nine to five to pursue the dream. And like, it's, it's the same across the board. And I told you, I've had people from Australia, from um, Thailand, from the UK, from Ireland, from Canada, from Mexico, you know, I've had people from all over and the story is the same, like the struggles, you know, it might be different paths, but at the end of the day, it's the same thing, you yeah. know, across the board. And so one, one last thing is about the power of networking. Like I met, uh-huh. I, I met you from a networking event, Yeah, you know, yeah. a networking event. 